Hello, welcome to Business Power Lunch. I'm your host, Andrew Dickow. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the building blocks of building a successful pitch. In the world of investment banking, private equity, and most importantly, venture capital, I've had the opportunity to see a number of different pitch decks for a variety of different companies, ranging from food and beverage companies to technology startups in all different industries across the board. And I've seen some really great thoughtful pitches that cover all the information that any prudent investor would want to know about. But I've also seen some really bad pitches that don't bring to life some very good companies. So on today's episode, I really wanted to try to hit on the the core tenets of a successful pitch, walking through each of them at a high level, just to give the listeners a roadmap of the core things that you want to include in your pitch. There's six key components. One, you need to outline the team. Two, we're going to talk about the market. Three, the brand itself, if it's branded. Four, the actual product or service. Five, how you're distributing the product. And lastly, but definitely not least, is outlining the financials. So let's walk through each of these and let's talk about the bare minimum you need for each one and then how you can add additional detail in order to outline it more clearly to your investors. So this team is the start. So many people just want to jump right into the service, our product. And first thing you want to do is connect with your potential investor, our advisory board member, our potential customer. And the key thing is what what does this what does the team stand for what is its passion and what is the vision for the team and that's going to be the absolute core and so when you want to build on that you want to you can go into the history of the company how it was founded potentially outlining a timeline you're going to establish what the clear roles are for the company in this institution and then as the company plans to scale what is a hiring plan going to look like and so The focus for the pitch and for the team component is really outlining the passion and vision. If you want to get more detailed, you want to get into history, understanding the clear roles for the company and a hiring plan. Next, we talk about the market. And this is something that people struggle with because they feel like they don't have enough information. They don't have enough research. They don't have access. And in general, you know, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to be able to do this. The two key things you have to know at a minimum is an overall understanding of the market size of where you're playing in. So what's the total opportunity? You hear it on Shark Tank. They say the market is $4 billion for this industry. And and then they also say it's expected to grow by X percent over the next five years. That's also a key component to what you need to know. That's a bare minimum. These are things you can find with a basic Google search, reading articles, uh, it's a little bit easier if you're in a common industry. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a difficult niche, it might be harder, but typically it's pretty easy to find. If you want to get more detailed, you can go into who are the competitors in this space. People want to know what the other brands are. It allows them to get an understanding of who else is in the space, how they have done, and why you're different than them. You can also talk about what niche or hole in the market your product is fulfilling or your service. So what's this competitive advantage? And then most importantly, as an investor, 
They want to know what are the barriers to entry. That's what they'll ask you. What's proprietary about your product? Where does the what what stops someone else from coming in? Why couldn't I start this business myself? And this gives you an opportunity to highlight that. The third the third component of a successful pitch is really outlining the brand, and the brand is comes down to two main components that I would say are an absolute minimum. This is going to be who's your target audience for the pitch, and and for sorry for your company and. What's your brand promise? So, when we say target audience, you know, if you've if you're a startup, you may not know as much, but if you have a little bit of headway, whether it's a direct to consumer or traditional brick and mortar or somewhere in between, you typically know which demographic you've had the most success with is by age, gender, uh, geography, income level. Who who's who's the person that's buying your product or service? Second, it's what is your brand promise? What do you expect to deliver to the customer? And this is potentially what is a differentiator, which I'd say is one of the components that would deliver something unique for your brand and maybe a little bit more detail in the pitch. But and on top of that, additional detail is what what is the story behind your product? What in your brand? What is the value? You, you hear this term lifestyle brand a lot. But it really comes down to what does this product or service stand for? What does the person who's buying it believe in? Why are they buying the product just because? Uh, is it because it's just a quality product? Or is it because it aligns with their values? And maybe it aligns with their personality and what they see something in that product or service that they see in themselves. The next component, and some people will call this the the most important, and this is this is more for the... It's not just for the marketing and branding, understanding the vision, but it's really for somebody that's trying to get their arms around investing. And sometimes one way it's easy to get an understanding of investing is when you think about someone's product or their service, it really comes down to, hey, if I sell one of these to one customer, whether it's a unit or a widget or a service to one client, walk me through the economics of that. So people will call that the unit economics. If I buy one, if I buy one widget, what do I sell it for? What does it cost me to make for, for that specific widget? And how much do I drop to the bottom line after I've paid for all my marketing and my administrative expenses? The other thing is, what what are the different types of products? So people want to know our services. They want to know what are, what do you currently have available, and potentially what's your pipe, pipeline and future innova- innovation that you're planning. Uh, whether it's going to be you're going to be able to do that with investment or you're planning to do it anyway. We talked about margins and it's really going to be what is your current margins today? Where are those margins going to go? And does does that stand true for your pipeline as well? If you want to get into more detail about the product, you really want to talk about some of the R&D that you're doing, the product development and some of the potential innovation you're doing. Additionally, you can think about sourcing. Where, where are you getting this product from? Do you have a competitive advantage there? Are you actually producing and manufacturing the product yourself? Are you using a third party or a co-packer? And what's different about your product that you are making? Is there a different methodology you're using? Or are you kind of status quo? Or are you a me too product or service? The fifth component, and this is for savvy investors, this really is their number one focus. I know it is mine. You always hear uh, Mark Cuban on Shark Tank say, 
sales cures all, and it's really true. Uh, there's a lot of woes for a company can be hidden when you have enough sales. You can have lower margins potentially. You can have a little bit higher fixed costs, but those can get swept under the rug when you have enough sales. So, where is this product being sold? If it's a, for example, if it's a food and beverage product, you know, walk me through what channels it's being sold in. Is it being sold via grocery, via wholesale? Do you actually have distributor relationships? Do you have direct relationships with the actual um, end customer? How is the product getting there? Uh, so in, is, is there a margin difference between the different channels or the different retailers in that example? The next thing a savvy investor will want to know uh, is going to be, what is your sell-in versus your sell-through? Uh, and this is more for a product, uh, less, less so for a service. But it could be for a service as well, and I'll talk about that. But it really comes down to, you know, hey, I just got 100 new customers to take this product. You're having, you know, you're popping a bottle of champagne. You're excited. But is it selling through, and are you going to continue to be with them a year later? And that could be the same for services. Yes, you've sold your service to this customer one time. How, how long have, are they continuing to buy this product or service from you? Or is it a one time and you're gonna, you have significant attrition? People wanna know, not only are you growing and you're adding new customers, but you're maintaining those customers and you're cross-selling those customers. If you wanna get into more detail on this topic, it really comes down to showing the vision for basically how you're gonna grow your distribution. And this typically is three different things you can look at. One is, if you're talking about a product or a service, it's really what's your promotion or marketing strategy? You know, how are you, how are you getting new customers? What's your customer acquisition strategy and what's your customer acquisition cost? And does it, is it viable in the long term? Second is, how do you think about your market in ge geographically? Are you really focused on kind of where you reside in a specific city or state? Is it more broadly? Are you international? Are you spread too thin? Is that where you should be focused and why? Lastly, are you using uh, any third parties or are you doing everything internal? You always hear the term inside sales or brokers. You know, there are many different ways to be successful, but uh, sometimes third parties can be very expensive, um, but they also can be the most effective because they have more expertise. Sometimes it makes more sense to have an inside sales team and you're going to want to make sure that whoever you're presenting or pitching to that you understand your market, your, what's nuanced about it and what makes the most sense for you. The last component and it's a very important one for a pitch is something that can be intimidating to uh, creative types. It can be intimidating for new entrepreneurs uh, that don't have any background in finance or accounting and it shouldn't be. I think that you know, at, at its core, when you talk about financials, do you need to have a robust, uh, you know, five-year detailed income statement and balance sheet and projected cash flows? Well, well, that would be nice. And over time, there's the you know your investors and the company might need that. But at at a high level, what is the minimum that you need to get someone comfortable? They need to understand your revenues, your projections, and it needs to be a bottoms-up build. And when I say bottoms-up build, it's that means you know customer by customer, channel by channel. Uh, how are you getting new customers, and how do those how do those accumulate over time? And that should drive your revenue and your revenue forecast. It shouldn't be, oh, I'm going to do 10% more than I did last month. You know, you need to have something that's realistic and believable, and really defined assumptions as to what your revenue is going to be. 
The next component is really around your gross margin. So after your direct costs, so uh, you know I specialize in food and beverage, and so when I think about my direct costs, it's raw, raw materials, packaging, logistics, uh, and manufacturing costs, direct labor to make the product. What what do I? How much money do I have left? What's my gross margin, and th- how much money do I have to pay for all of my overhead costs? This is, this is key because even as early stage companies may not be profitable, I always say there's two ways to be break even or unprofitable. There's a good way and a bad way. The good way is when you have really strong gross margins and you take everything beyond your SG&A costs to just dump it back into marketing, growth, and sales, and adding people and capabilities and R&D, and then you're breaking even or losing money. That's, that's a smart way to lose money or break even. The not so smart way is you have low gross margins you can, and you can't even cover your basic core overhead and there's no money left over to invest back into the business. So I would say at a minimum, your financials, you need to have kind of your revenue forecast and your gross margins outlined. If you want to get more detailed, at least from the, this is still the pitch stage, you might need more informal diligence, but you know, walk through the scalability of the business. You know, how does this business go from 1 million to 10 million to 50 million? What is the path to profitability if you're not, if it's not making money today? What is the break-even point? What is your fixed cost versus your variable cost? You know, so as you scale, what cost do you get leverage as you get bigger? Like we said, sales cures all. And how do you spread those costs over time? And then, and then what's really important that I think a lot of people don't address, and I think it's absolutely critical, is when someone's investing in you and your company, but mostly in you, what they want to know exactly how their money is being used. They don't want it to, saying it's going towards inventory is not the best answer. People want to know, how am I putting gas on this fire? How am I fueling this company? How is my money going to go directly into growth, which is going to correlate to me achieving a return. And so they call this sources and uses. The sources is going to, is going to be the capital coming from the investor. And then the uses is going to be specifically for the company. What is going to get them to the next level? How is this capital going to fuel the growth that's going to make the company become profitable and potentially either have strong cash flows to have distributions for the investor down the road? Or it's going to allow the company to grow and have a successful exit, which are, there's going to be a liquidity event for a potential investor so they can see how they get a return on investment. Um, I hope that was helpful. I think that I, I get so many people asking me you know, about their pitches and their decks and what they need to put into it. And can I look at a, a version of what they have? And I think there's a lot of different ways to be successful. I think each person is unique, each company is unique. But when I think about the core of what needs to be in it, those are the six key components. And so once again, I just kind of want to review what those are. It's understanding the team, defining the market, bringing your brand to life, specifically outlining the product or service, showing what your distribution is going to look like, and then giving some of the key financial elements for the company. I hope you enjoy this episode of Business Power Lunch. I'm Andrew Dickow. I hope this helps you as you're considering raising capital for your startup or as you're advising any of your clients or friends and helping them get to where they need to be to launch their successful business.